You're listening to the Plain Label Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Plain Label Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Williams. In this episode, we continue our look at phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with a discussion of the Marvel slash Disney Plus series, Loki. Here to discuss the series with me is the Loki to my Mobius, or maybe even Sylvie, our very own new mutant himself, Mr. Alan White. I, um, which one are you? I'm either uh, Owen Wilson Mobius or Sylvie, the and female. And I'm the Loki? Yeah, of course you are. How dare you? You're the heavy hitter. You're the uh, you're the guest. You're the uh, the thing that people are tuning in to hear. But your name is on the logo. Yeah, that's okay. Before getting into our discussion, I would like to mention that we are still proud members of the Deliberate Noise Network. Search Deliberate Noise in your podcast app for more great shows from the network. Alan, what is it that you are drinking this evening? This evening, in honor of the Loki, I am having a Smirnoff Ice Green Apple. Oh, I was. Ha, ha. I was wondering if you were going to go with a little champagne because they do drink champagne. Well, this is as close as, I, as I'm going to get. <laughs> and my wife is a, uh, she enjoys champagne. I was trying to Jump dance around. Yeah, I was trying to dance around the way to say that. Without saying, yeah, my wife drinks a shitload of champagne. That wouldn't go over <laughs> as well. So she likes, but she likes the champagne. Yeah. Well, I can so, cut that out. Listen here. <laughs> so I'm having something um, that is disappointingly not champagne because I don't want to necessarily get into her stash of champagne. <laughs> so I'm having um, what is a truly mango and has, you know, is very sparkly, bubbly, and is as close as I could get for what we have in the house to a champagne. So that's what we were having. How's it uh, taste? Uh, you know, it's not too bad. It is, it, uh, it's one of those where it's it's sort of like a lot of the sparkling waters to where it, uh, whether it's a white claw or a truly or whatever, it it like smells more like something than it actually tastes like something. Oh. Like it's very mango forward when you smell it, but when you taste it, it just kind of tastes like soda water with a little bit of something in it. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't would, really. It's not really that strong. That would bum me out. Yeah. So. Speaking of things that bummed me out, let's go ahead and get <laughs> into our discussion. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> our discussion of the 2021 series Loki. I know what this place is. The timekeepers have built quite the circus. And I see the clowns are playing their parts to perfection. Big metaphor guy. I love it. Makes you sound super smart. I am smart. I know. Okay. Okay. Please sign to verify this is everything you've ever said. This is absurd. Sign this too. We protect the proper flow of time. You picked up the Tesseract breaking reality. I want you to help us fix it. Why me? I need your unique Loki perspective. 
Do I get a weapon? Nah. You really believe in this Loki variant? Luckily, he believes in himself enough for the both of us. It's adorable that you think you could possibly manipulate me. I'm ten steps ahead of you. You're not big on trust, are you? You can trust me. Hoagie, I've studied almost every moment of your entire life. You've literally stabbed people in the back like 50 times. Why never do it again? So the uh, IMDb plot synopsis is really pretty boring for this one. So I was forced in quotes to (laughs) head over to Wikipedia and see what they had for this one. And it goes like this after stealing the Tesseract during the events of Avengers Endgame, an alternate version of Loki is brought to the mysterious time variance authority of the TVA, a bureaucratic organization that exists out time outside of time and space and monitors the timeline they give loki a choice face being erased from existence due to being a time variant or help fix the timeline and stop a greater threat loki ends up trapped in his own crime thriller traveling through time okay alan so since you are since you are the team man and you like those team books I do. How uh, how long ago were you sort of introduced to the the Loki character, and like, is this been something that you have read and enjoyed each time he showed up in Avengers, or was it something that you didn't put too much stock into, or were you a big uh, Richard E. Grant version of Loki, where he had the horns and he had <laughs> the the suit, you know, the actual like uh, cloth material suit, or uh, or what's your sort of history with the character? And the long face. And the long don't, face, that's right. Don't forget, yeah. they, they, I, I do believe that they cast Richard E. Grant for his physical similarity to the to the classic Loki <laughs> with the long face, oh, the yeah, long yeah, yeah. Jack, Jack Kirby face. I like it. But I, I, I knew that Loki, I knew Loki from the, from the Thor books, and I knew that it was his evil machinations that (laughs) formed the Avengers in the beginning. Mm -hmm. The first reason why the Avengers formed to begin with. Much like the movie. Mm -hmm. So that was all cool. But uh, uh, because when it comes to uh, mythology in Mm -hmm. the Marvel Universe, Mm -hmm. I can't make any sense of it. Yes. So so it tends to blur in my vision. Yes. Whenever it comes to Thor and the Asgardians and so and, well and like Hercules. Yeah. And he's around and you're like, wait a minute. So what is so these guys are here? Like are these are the mythological figures or they're they, how does that work? They think that they are, or are they their gods capital G or what? Yeah. What's up? Yep. So, <laughs> yeah. so the Marvel, so the Marvel Cinematic Universe has given us the out that they are long-lived aliens Mm -hmm. and that works for me when it comes to the mcu so my history with loki has been 
MCU, I like much more than the Lokis of the comic books. But when they jazzed up Loki mm -hmm. and they gave him more of a... And this is one thing I don't know. Maybe you do. When they started jazzing him up, no, actually, I just I just realized the answer. They start jazzing him up a long time before uh, the MCU. Okay. 15, 20 years ago. Because um, they did that story about Asgard coming to Earth and landing in Brock, Broxton, Oklahoma, I think. Yeah, in Oklahoma. That was the J. Michael Straczynski storyline, right? If you say so, that's it's the it's the Battlestar it's the uh, God I, Battlestar Galactica. I almost said it's the Babylon Five creators when he took over Thor after doing Rising Stars, and then he that's did him. Spider Man and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, J. Michael Straczynski, yes, who I also learned today wrote a movie about a true life case in California in mm -hmm. twenty something, mm -hmm. but um. I think that was around the time where Loki came to Earth, but he took the form of he he possessed Sif's Sif's body, okay, and became female Loki, uh huh, with no eyebrows, <laughs> and she was hot, right? Uh, okay, and it also it also spoke to just more characterization for Loki, for the gods their humanity and dealing with people on earth and just it brought them a lot closer to relatability so that's when i started noticing who loki was it's like wow he could he could go in this woman's body and thrive he's good and so who is he what is he like and then there was then there was a kid loki mm -hmm. and all these different types of lokis so now was was this in the kieran gillen sort of when he when they made when they gave loki a book was that the... because i thought i remembered kieran gillen writing um like that was the hotness for a while like, whether it was like a journey journey to mystery or whether it was a loki like capital l loki book i forget but i want to say that he was the writer of some of that stuff well let's hope that it wasn't forgettable mm -hmm. but i mean that's a that's a long way to to say that i don't really Loki's not a character that I tend to follow. Uh, so you could sort of tell Same. me anything and I, and I would be like, Oh really? Okay. I must not have read that. <laughs> well, these happened. These okay. are true. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you may see cosplayers, mm -hmm. you'll see female Lokis. It, it's not just a gender switch. She, she actually existed in the 616. It was actually the body of Sif, the female, um, love interest of thor at one time and also goddess from the asgardian myths that i really don't know anything about <laughs> and i and then i think she got her body back and whooped loki's ass because that was not okay mm -hmm. but that's all i know about loki for real interesting so for me it's it's in the same ballpark like i said i don't i don't really follow the character it's very it's one of those that's sort of on the periphery and once they introduced Loki in the original Avengers, I was like, oh, that's interesting that they're using a guy that has a more charisma than I would have expected because I'm used to the, like you were mentioning earlier, the sort of Richard E. Grant look. And I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense if he's supposed to be this trickster god to where he'd be this more like suave looking um, sort of manipulative kind of a character. And so I liked him 
I liked him fine in, in the movies. And I liked, um, I thought his like quote unquote death in uh, by Thanos was, it was an interesting way to start. Uh, I didn't think for a minute that that was going to stick. Mm. Um, especially because I, I don't know if, if by the time I saw Endgame that they had announced that this was coming or not. Um, but either way, it's one of those things where sort of like some of the deaths in this series to where you're like, okay, well, they're not actually dead because there's no way they would do that at this point. Um, just, kind of cut off his, just cut off his um, contract with the MCU. <laughs> right. Give just him, say, give I him, don't need this money. Yeah. Give, give me a severance check. <laughs> and Bye-bye. so, so I wasn't, this is one of those ones that got introduced early on with, you know, with WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and they announced Loki. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. That's, I don't know if I'm, if I know where they're going to go with this or if I'm super interested in that. Um, and so the first time that we watched this, we watched it, uh, this was another weekly, right? Didn't this come yeah. out weekly like the rest of them? Yeah. Okay. So as opposed we- to all, all at the same time. Yeah, because did uh, I guess they've all come out like that, right? Because yes, we sir. haven't, we've only got a couple episodes into Hawkeye, and so that would be the next series, and that's been a weekly thing, also. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, we must have watched them, you know, when it came out and watched it weekly. And I remember this one being one where I was easily distracted while it was on uh, because I wasn't as invested as i was in the first two and my wife was actually the one who was more into it than i was that tom hiddleston yo yeah and it's not i don't know that it's really even him she was just kind of like engaged in the story it's him you know why why because she married you (laughs) and if anybody i know is going to ever cosplay loki accurately it will be eric to <laughs> that's one of my variants yeah. <laughs> yes because you have some physical features like mr hiddleston oh awesome no, not. i would like to grow my hair out like that and whip it around constantly Go like ahead. he does do, do it yeah which oh, made me wait which made me think, think of you that made you me think, think of your twitter hair, the other though? day no you think that's his real hair <laughs> oh yeah i think it's his real hair oh i doubt it you don't think so i think they put that they slapped that right on his head and lace fronted up powder and wigs then he could whip his hair back and forth he whip his hair back and forth he whip his hair back and forth <laughs> yes that's what i was getting to as i saw that that was on your twitter the other day mm-hmm. whipping hair back and forth and then i of course see however many episodes i had left to watch of the rewatch of this and was like oh my god like i wonder like that <laughs> reminds me of what alan posted on twitter the other day with loki just constantly throwing his hair around that's his signature move, right? Just <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And I do down, like whip the hair up. Right. And I do like how they they tried giving him little signature things, like with the little uh shoulder shrug and the smile and the palms up. Um, they yes. do that a couple of times and they did that a lot in the promotion. Um, so yeah, so I mean it's it's it seems somewhat clear, I would think by now, what I thought of the the series. What did you think of it? Well, first of all. <laughs> I never root for the villain. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like I, there's no series like the Punisher series, uh Venom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now Loki. It's like, no, they're bad people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to <laughs> I'm not going to 
enable their behavior <laughs> by becoming a fan. Mm-hmm. Very, I, I tend to draw my lines. However, there was that one unexplained event in the movie Endgame mm-hmm. that drove me crazy. <laughs> Which was when Loki stole the Tesseract and disappeared out of the old timeline. Mm-hmm. The whole stake of going back in time and getting all those infinity stones so that they could reset the universe and bring everybody back was that they weren't supposed to mess up their own past. Mm-hmm. So there they are running around in Avengers headquarters, Hulk going down the elevator uh, or down the steps. And now we're seeing the behind the scenes of what actually happened in the first Avengers movie. And it was cool to watch because, you know, it's like whatever was left, not really, I know, but in my mind, I was thinking, this is the stuff that was left on the cutting room floor. Mm. You know, this, uh-huh. this is the stuff that they didn't show in the first movie, but now we're getting to see it. Cool. And then Loki steals this thing and disappears and changes the timeline. Mm-hmm. And nobody explains anything. You mm-hmm. just go back into the movie and it all plays out. And it, it ended the way it ended. And nobody said anything about the fact that this Loki just changed everything. And still you got away with it and you won. So why and how? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when I heard that Loki was going to have a series, I'm like, well, y'all, okay, let's go. You've got to explain this. And that was my, that was my buy-in. Mm-hmm. Not because he okay. was a villain and I love villains or I love Tom Hiddleston or any of that. It's just answer this question for me, people. You left and, me hanging. And do you feel like that they answered the question successfully or do you feel like you were left on a bigger cliffhanger? Bigger cliffhanger. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's <laughs> they what, answered it with a bunch of questions. Yes. That's what made me think that this should have been like maybe four episodes because I was like, okay, well, you're not actually answering anything. Like this, this, <laughs> I will hold my, my major complaints to later, oh. but, but that's the sort of thing that was kind of frustrating to me. It was like, do we get some character evolution throughout the six episodes? Sure. Because he's mm-hmm. he's trying to be like a better version of him. Mm-hmm. He's he's willing to um, be less selfish to help out Sylvie, this female version of him. And what motivated him? You remember? Uh, what did motivate him? He was shown that him himself, the his future without having become a variant, was going to wind up arrested in Asgard and set apart and set in motion the events that wound up killing his mother. Oh, right. Yes. So it was, it was that scene um, where he gets to see, because they do pepper in a few uh, like empathy moments for him where you've always known that he has somewhat of a connection with his family and he's the you know he's the unwanted one and thor's the sort of blessed one and all this sort of thing right and so i do like that where it's like you get to see those moments of when his family enjoyed having him around which was like surprising and heartwarming to him when he's watching the little video reproduction of it Mm -hmm. um i also liked when speaking of sif when she has that moment of repetition to where she he had cut her hair and he kind of has to come to grips with that he's mostly an ass 
<laughs> yes. And so he has to, you know, sort of realize that what he thought was funny isn't actually funny. And he's, it's like, they're trying to show some, some evolution of the character, some maturity a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So I think that that is fine. But at the same time, it's like, well, do I think that he's going to, I, I also don't want him to just be like this dude that's, that is like replacement Thor though. Like, oh, I don't yeah, want to him, have him be like the, the Asgard representation or something. Right. So do you think that happened? Uh, no, I, I don't think that it happened. I just, I don't want him to, I, I guess I don't, I don't want Loki to be in the MCU as much as he is anymore is kind uh, of where I'm at to where it's like, I thought that he was fine. He had a series, he had a, a season one that could have answered questions. But what I think it does is just lead into uh, what we're already getting in some of the things. One of the things that I haven't seen, but I sort of know about um, and uh, what we, what we already got in WandaVision and, and stuff like that to where I, I can see how some of that uh, fits in with this series, but I'm kind of like, I don't know what, what there is for Tom Hiddleston to do in the MCU anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want him to, what I want, here's what I don't want. I don't want him to take on the sort of like, like the Wiccan character or like, um, oh, the character from Isaiah Bradley's uh, grandson, Elijah, right? Right. I don't want him to be like a mentor figure for them or something in like a Young Avengers movie. Wait. Is what I don't just, want. You don't want that. But as you say that, I can't think of a better reason for him to come back. I know, but I'm just tired. I'm just tired of him. I'm just tired of these. I'm <laughs> like, I, whenever I see him, I just feel like I know exactly what I'm going to get. And I guess that that's bankable and that's consistent. And that's what um, maybe a studio would like. But I, I sort of see Loki and I'm like, okay, he's going to, it's just like the same sort of joke almost. Even though there is some evolution, it's just like I've, I feel like I've seen it. Well, if he changes his purpose, his glorious purpose, mm-hmm. if he changes it to be a mentor to, and by the way, did you think of that? Or did you see something in the media that leads you to believe? For the Young Avengers thing? Yes. Oh, no, I haven't heard anything about that. Okay, then you little genius, you. <laughs> that would be. Awesome because, uh, in my estimation, because as he was responsible for making the Avengers form, Mm -hmm. it would be cool to see him be responsible for making the young Avengers form. And then his purpose would be different and he would be playing a different role because up till now he's been playing the rival of Thor, the, as you mentioned, the, the, the least favorite child of the family. Mm-hmm. And and now here in this series, the fugitive, the variant, fighting for survival, fighting for justification or or um, validation. But in that role, he would be a completely different. He would be a mentor. He would be uh, like a corrector at the same time, learning from the kids. And then he would have a different purpose. And maybe you might like him. Mm-hmm. And then it would be... Um... You could have them uh, go against Jonathan Majors' character again. Mm. Uh, he who remains, right? But I do know that that character is already going to be reintroduced before this Young Avengers movie that I'm making up um, would come to pass. So, mm-hmm. 
So that kind of blows that for me because it's like, well, you got to have Kang in the Young Avengers, don't you? In the Young Avengers. That was Iron Lad. Well, right. But it was, it, you had like the Kang Iron Lad connection and all that stuff. Yeah. So if, if Kang comes back, what an Ant-Man, I guess. Yeah. I think that that's what I heard. Ant-Man three. If he comes back, then maybe a, a result of that battle or whatever, however that ends out is that there'll be a younger him. Hmm. And that younger him might, might hook up with, hey, that's exactly what happened in the comic book. <laughs> Iron Lad and Cassie Lang uh-huh. Uh-huh. were an item. They uh-huh. were romantically linked. And and Kang's going to be in the Iron Man and the Ant-Man movie. Ah! <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. And it then Loki happen. has to say, wait a minute. We, I fought you at the end of time when you were a man. I can't let you as a kid uh, grow up to be that. I'm going to take over. I'm going to be your mentor. Solved. There it is. Marvel, cut me a check. Yeah, I hope you heard that pitch. I'm just going to copy it and send it to people. Cut us say, a check. Hey, here's the pitch. We're your writers. We are your next Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. <laughs> That's right. Or um, what, are the guy, what are the guys that, uh, that do um, all of the Avengers movies? What are those guys' no. names? Shh, don't know. It's us. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 saying, remind them i'm saying the previous guys not i know zach penn and and uh, joss whedon were the guys that did not no uh, the, more the original original uh, not if they want to make money they better leave him out that's right let's just that's hope right. that uh, joss has a good chunk of savings uh it is oh marcus uh christopher marcus and stephen mcfeely marcus and mcfeely those are the guys that i'm thinking of their hearts they're the ones that did uh, end game and all that sort of stuff okay and 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 thank you for it now sit down somewhere and let some new blood come in and what's interesting about that is they have uh the movie the gray man which is the chris evans with an unfortunate mustache movie is that him yeah i don't need it um but uh it's got him in it and it's got Anna de Armas and uh, Ryan Gosling and Jessica Hennick and all these people. But anyway, uh, other than that, they don't have anything that's announced for any sort of upcoming Marvel anything. Oh, well. So there you go. Alan and I are getting for, in there. There you go. Right here. <laughs> right here. You heard it here first. This is a hot come out. This is an NFT, this recording. Oh, the, no. <laughs> you can buy it from me. <laughs> So anyway, I want to I want to talk about some of the Loki stuff. Um, yes. I have I have very few notes this time around, which for me is usually an indicator as to how invested I am in the in the series. See how you are, um, and because like for I'm looking now for Captain for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I had like three pages of notes, right? Mm-hmm. Four pages of notes. Uh, for this one, I have one page. And six episodes on one page. Mm. Uh, so the first thing that I mentioned, which I was glad to see was a, an, a nod, not just a, oh, what a strange coincidence. I was like, oh, so this coin is just going to be the Jurassic Park thing. Like they're just going to do um, whatever the little, uh, the DNA thing is from Jurassic Park. And they're just doing that here with the coin. And they they put in the trivia like, oh, that's a that was a nod to that that film and that's why the coin is there to offer a bunch of exposition and explaining all these different things without it coming out of one of the characters mouths 
Um, Why am I not remembering this coin? What coin? Well, like Mr. DNA, the the coin, the main, the orange, uh, whatever her name is. Miss Minutes. Yeah. Oh, Miss Minutes. She looks like a coin to me. <laughs> She's it's a, a clock, clock bro. Okay. How dare. Al Milgram, I'm, Al Williamson, Alan. You I'll shake I'm you. I'm shaking you now. I'm shaking your shoulders. <laughs> Get it together, man. All Get right. it together. <laughs> so anyway, so that is... That's the Jurassic Park thing, right? Um, the other moment that here that I put is the trial moment was tedious as fuck. Like I did not <laughs> like that. I didn't like that at all. Like all the stuff, like I get the whole, the whole like middle management stuff just feels like a, like it was, it was a funny joke when Douglas Adams wrote about it years ago, mm. right? Well, like when it was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, what an interesting idea. But I feel like there's been so many jokes about, oh, what if this character was a middle management person? How hilarious would that be? What if this person was stuck in the DMV? Hilarious. And I watch it and I'm like, this isn't even, this isn't a thing. This isn't funny. <laughs> He's just like there. And it's not like, a, I don't know. I just, I didn't like that um, sort of setup because I felt like it was too expected. Like it was too like, Oh, it was, it was almost like, um, you know, how almost everything has to be snarky in the in the age of Twitter. It was like, well, what if we put him in the worst place ever? The DMV. Ha ha ha. And I was like, dude, that's it just felt lazy to me, I guess. Have you had bad experiences at the DMV? I never ever? have. No, I've never had any bad experience. Well, maybe this is Nebraska. Well, there speaking. It is. This is Nebraska speaking, but I've never had any sort of bad like governmental or court related anything well there it is that's the yeah. reason why you didn't have the buy-in mm-hmm. you can't relate to that feeling that could be i also don't think michael waldron's very funny so oh shit oh, damn <laughs> michael waldron is Ouch. the he's the developer of the, the series he also did uh he developed uh, rick and morty oh uh, which is well. a very popular animated series and then he is also the uh he's also the writer of dr strange in the multiverse of madness which makes oh. me a little concerned get ready yeah so i'm hope i'm hoping that the horror director sam Raimi of it all is going to override the um what i didn't think yeah what i didn't think was super clever of this Mm. he wrote this first episode too so yeah he's well he was the showrunner and so he is in charge of most of the episodes and i think his name is on the first one and the last one Mm -hmm. Um, do you not think he wrote it no, 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 no. That just means that he's in, like he gives approval on all of the scripts for being the showrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, but his his name, like, he, so it's kind of like a collective experience when you're writing in a group, but only mm-hmm. one name actually gets put on it usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but like everyone's writing on the script, so it'd be like, yeah. oh, Alan, you do the DMV thing, and I'll do this other thing over here. But then overall, it's going to be written by me. Is how it goes. Oh. Oh, that's some bullshit. Yeah, so that's how you get like that's how the writer's room works sometimes. If I wrote it, I want my name and then written by Michael Waldron, comma and... Alan White, comma whoever else is in the room with me. <laughs> I don't think uh, it works like that. Well, they better start working that way if they want me up in there. <laughs> that's why it'll just be me and you. It'll be fine. <laughs> we'll get we'll get no notes. I'm sure. <laughs> Look, Alan wants this guy in here because he was in one of the issues. <laughs> that, so I don't, I don't care about wardrobe and cost. 
he's getting in there. <laughs> but see, speaking of that exact thing, mm-hmm. what you and I may have missed, I, I had to do my research after I started watching Loki. Because like you, it, it's not that I didn't think being at the DMV is not funny. I, I, I get it. But it was the whole outside of time big bureaucracy existing in a human looking form mm-hmm. in a courtroom looking setting if it's outside of time why is it based on earth um structure why, mm-hmm. why is it so familiar yeah in, even in its mundanity why is it something that i look at and i can see that to your point the dmv or mm-hmm. something why, why isn't it just like blobs of taste and color and you know why isn't Mm -hmm. it like animated fluids or just something totally alien if it's outside of time but no here it is totally mundane or but i was thinking why isn't it something that's all norse based because like wouldn't why wouldn't they like gear it towards each person that was there nice point but to your uh, earlier statement Mm-hmm. Taking something out of the comic book and putting it in this series must have been a mandate to Michael Waldron from Disney slash Marvel because the time variance authority is out of the comic books. Oh, no shit. Okay. I, this no is this is news shit. to me then. It's right out of the comic books. It's out of Thor, um, the first volume of Thor. I'm looking right off the screen. Number 372. No. I learned that as I read it, but I knew that they existed already because they had also um, were seen in the Fantastic Four when uh, Walt Simonson was doing it. And that's where I know them from. I didn't read the Thor. I read the Walt Simonson uh, thing. And they had this time sled that they named Rosebud, oddly enough, Rosebud 2. And they skated outside of time and they ran into the time variance authority. And it was very much the Douglas Adams uh, row after row after infinite row of men sitting at desks, filing mm-hmm. paper and just being boring and mundane like that. Oh, so, so this is this is a Walter Simonson idea because he that was when he was writing Thor and Sal Buscema uh, drew it. See? And then he, he did it in Fantastic Four with uh, the same thing with written by Walter. Yeah. Simonson. Okay. So yeah, this yep. is a this is an idea that he's very uh taken by. Exactly. Okay. So then it made it into the series and I'm like respect. Well, respect. I do like that. I do like that. I'm unfamiliar with uh with those issues, so, but I do like that. Mhm. And now ju- jump to the judge Ravana Renslayer. Mhm. Ravana is a character from the from the whole backstory of Kang the Conqueror. Oh, I did not know that. Exactly. You see, so once you do the once you start doing the research of where these characters might come from and what is all this stuff about, then you see how they're giving honor to so many of the comic book tropes, not just tropes, but the elements that mm-hmm. that that has led to these movies and that's when that's when I bow. That's when I say Thank you very much. Sure. Okay. So, so here's my, here's my counter argument to that is I think that that's really interesting that they looked up uh, and had all of this sort of thing that was correct about it came from comics. We're going to do what the comics did. We're going to use the same characters, etc. I think all that stuff's really good, but 
as someone who doesn't know that when I see it, that name doesn't mean anything to me because I'm bored by what's happening on the screen. Uh, so yeah. finding out about it later is interesting, yeah. but in the moment I'm like, Oh, I'm ready for this to that? get over with. <laughs> I hear you. You know, but tell me, tell me, was that reflected in a lot of different reviews? Do you think oh, I that don't was know. a, a no, universal feel? I don't know. I could I could be uh, out on a limb. I know that Loki, I mean, it's the only one of the series that has already been uh, renewed for a second season. Oh. Uh, so yeah. it must have That's done well. Thing. Like, it must have been well thought of. Okay. Uh, so I'm I'm fully prepared to be the one who's in the in the incorrect and be uh, on on the limb, so to speak. Take it. Yeah. You take That's it. A, I'm, I don't mind any of that kind of heat. That's so, what I call being secure in yourself. Buddy. <laughs> so that was glorious purpose. The first uh, the first episode, and what I did like about it is what I was what I once I saw it, what I wanted the show to be more of, and that was when it was doing like a little. Um, it was like Loki meets quantum leap. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, that, that would be interesting if it's not, you know, him saying, Oh boy. And having to solve a, <laughs> a, a deal each time, but him being DB Cooper or him being the person that assassinated JFK or him being someone that was behind these different conspiracies, quote unquote. I was like, well, that could be something. And according to that Wikipedia plot synopsis, that what, that's what it makes it seem like. Mm -hmm. Because it makes it seem like it's this sort of crime history thriller sort of thing. But instead, like there's so many times in the series where there's a lot of sitting and just talking to each other. Mm. And they're like, what are we doing? Like we're spending <laughs> millions of dollars and we're just talking, <laughs> you know? So that was sort of the, that was sort of my frustration with it. And mm. this one had said, and this is where it gets a little bit squeaky to me on like what the truth is about the COVID delay and all this kind of thing was they had said in our final episode that it was going to be um, something much grander as opposed to Sylvie and Loki battling one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. um, to where they were supposedly going to team up and like fight all of history's greatest heroes and villains is Who what this? is what, this? this is a, this is an IMDb plot synopsis from, or a uh, quote from one of the writers. I will and, just find it. And uh, COVID stopped it after the sec the sixth episode. It was uh, because of their time crunch that they fell under because of COVID of having to probably delay the production for a while. Mm -hmm. Is when they had to sort of crunch. They didn't have time to basically do all that. Oh, so within this season they were going. Yeah, go within this season. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, and I'll oh. have to I'll have to look this up while you're talking at some point. Um. So anyway, so that's, so those are my, those are my main issues. So one of the things that I, I think is another thing that I think is interesting, which I would have liked to have more of is the idea. And maybe they're going to do this in Dr. Strange. I don't know, but I like the idea of Loki attempting to find another version of himself in episode two, the variant. So he's having to like track down, what would I do in this situation? And you've got this other version of yourself that just seems to be better which i think is a fascinating idea mm. is like look this is a version of me that's got it fucking figured out <laughs> like is is like on it right mm. and mm. so it's like well how am i supposed to find this better version of me and take it down and blah 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 so i think that that was really interesting mm. so i really like that idea of the second one um 
my second note was it's immediately clear that the judge is bad. Like once she turns bad, I'm going to be like, no shit. (laughs) 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 Which was something that I was like, I don't, that was, that had to have been like a, um, I don't know if they shot, I'm assuming they shot this all out of order, but that seems to me like a thing where it's like the tone wasn't quite modulated the way that it could have, because it, it felt right away that she was a villain. I know you are not coming for Gugu Mbatha Raw. <laughs> no, you are not. I'm not. I didn't say that she did a bad <laughs> job. I just said that it was easy to see that she was going to be a villain. <laughs> Gugu is quite the first name, though. <laughs> you, that's Africa. Africa. Uh-huh. Africa. I don't doubt it. I don't. You get names. You get names like that out of the motherland. But she. It's, I think, here's what I think, as you say that. I think that the director, the direction of portraying the, that specific character mm-hmm. was purposefully um, leaning towards villainy because she had, for those who knew, and I hear you when you say, well, I didn't know that, so this is how it hit me, and this is, you know, this needs to be a consideration for people who are making movies in the MCU is that not everybody has read a billion comics for the last 45 years. Which is such a strange thing for me to say too. (laughs) And that's fair. (laughs) But the fact that she was Ravana in the -hmm. the first episode is telegraphing so much that maybe Mm. the the creators felt like she had, she had like credit in the Mm. bank to the the viewers. That's interesting. She could seem a little villainous, but we know that eventually she can't be villainous because she winds up being she she she's based on this love interest of Kang's who has this kind of different uh, history than Hmm. being a villain. Okay, I found the trivia piece. Um, It says writer Eric Martin, uh, one of those staff writers revealed that Loki and Sylvie were originally supposed to enter the Citadel at the end of time and fight, quote, a series of the greatest warriors across the timeline, unquote. Mm -hmm. They would also be walking by a vast display room full of time-displaced artifacts. These ideas had to be scrapped due to time time limitations caused by the COVID-19 crisis. And taken over by that space was filled by a lot of talking. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so, can you forgive them then uh, i mean no uh, eric, the answer from eric right now ladies and gentlemen that pause let me let me translate that pause for you no i know i cannot <laughs> <laughs> well i have i have many thoughts about the last two episodes um the last two episodes were were both uh very engaging and very frustrating for me uh so so anyway we're um the last thing I wanted to say about episode two, though, was this is when we get the the maturity and a little bit of character development when Loki finds out that Asgard has all been destroyed and everyone on, An- on Asgard has been killed and they list the population. Do you happen to remember what the population is roughly? No. On Asgard, the population says that it's it's... I didn't write down the specific number, 616? but 616. It's, it's like 9,000 people. It was oh. like 9,300 and something, something like okay. that. And I was like, on all of Asgard, 
there's 9,000 people there? Question mark? That seems like a a little bit to you. That seems like not nearly enough. Like this is one of the worlds, correct? It never looked like a whole world, though. It always just like like a town. Yeah, it always looked like a big chunk of floating, um, like a floating, not even a continent, like a big floating island with big spires and and cities. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So nine thousand people. Mm-hmm. A small town, <laughs> a very small, even in Nebraska, a small town. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe only like the fifth or sixth biggest town in Nebraska. You know, something small like that. Not mm-hmm. really. Like our our towns are bigger than that, but they're also you know. Sure. My sure. my dad did grow up in a town that was uh, five thousand people, and my mother grew up in a town that was like two hundred plus. Oh, so, wait, what? Yeah, two hundred plus. What There's only the like two hundred and some. Yeah. Shut up. How's True. that? True. That's it a- was it, it's uh Prescott, Kansas. If anyone wants to look it up, it's by Fort Scott. It's uh, in the southeast out. part of part of Kansas. Yeah, 200 and some people. That's not possible. True. Farms, baby. Living on those farms. That, we have more people in one skyscraper in Manhattan than, <laughs> than that town. Yeah. So that's what I was gonna get at is on one so, floor. So we have Odin, we have this whole lineage and all of it is for 9,000 people. But 9,000 important, long-lived <laughs> alien people. Um, well, maybe this is after Hella like, wiped out a bunch of them. I was like, when's the last census been taken here? She wiped out like 100. Okay, well, she didn't. I mean, that's not that big of a conquest on her part then. Come on, Kate Blanchett. <laughs> she wanted power she didn't care she has to have power over somebody she mm. leave somebody i just out. thought that that was such a shocking number that it was so yeah. low i don't I know i buy it i buy it it's not a whole planet i've never saw, seen asgard as a whole planet i always see it as a big chunk of rock adorned with the rainbow bridge and a big city Hmm. I'm going to have to look this up because this is going to bug me now, but it's like, wait a minute. Plus, I thought it, with in, all the different realms that they're in charge of and there's only 9,000 people. Yes. Hmm. The realms are populated mm-hmm. in different ways, but those realms, I don't think those realms are planets either. I think those realms are existences. Oh my goodness. A, a big like lateral plane of, of ground and trees and whatever, but I don't think it's all on a ball floating in space somewhere and that is why everything blurs when i read it in, in the comic books well i was gonna i was just gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna dc john stewart this shit and just blow it all up in my brain because none of this <laughs> none of this is like making sense to me i just need to <laughs> blow the, the whole world up and just reset it <laughs> not john stewart that's how jordan did that and that's not john stewart did john well, stewart well john stewart had that uh it was like in the 80s when he had that uh genocide of a of a race or something because remember that's like yeah that's like the the thing that cripples his character oh shit yeah did they do that to my brother (laughs) i think that they did yeah that's wrong i only want the white guy to be a bad guy well yeah isn't that what it's supposed (laughs) to that's why what is jonathan majors doing you can't have the black guy be the bad guy that's true he could be the bad guy Ooh, you know jonathan majors he can be whatever he can be whatever he wants to be (laughs) <laughs> yeah. like i think he is i think he is great uh and he he's the guy that was um along with michael b jordan were both rumored as to be the next superman 
what? yeah where Jonathan they were majors Jonathan majors and Michael B Jordan had both been floated uh as as being cast uh, that, and, that, and they were like, that, "Boy, are those DC guys gonna lose their fucking mind if that happens?" <laughs> that's like, that's like, uh, I just got a sensation like when they said Chris Evans was gonna be Captain America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe if they're cast in the part, they could do amazing. But right now, I can't see it. Yeah, it's it is I, one of those where you see Jonathan Majors in Lovecraft Country, and he's like, he's got um a lot of white t-shirts that he wears, and you're like, this man. This man is built like nobody that I've seen. It's almost like looking at the, it's like looking at the previews of that Reacher show on Amazon Prime, really? and you're like, this is not a real human. This, this is not how <laughs> this is not how people look. <laughs> so anyway, I got, I, I'm well, here for already, anything that John anything that Jonathan Majors does. I'm here for it. Well, you're talking about um, Alan Rich. What's his name? The, the guy that plays Reacher. Oh. I can look it up really quick. What I know about him is that he was Hawk in Titans. He is Hawk in Titans. Alan Richson. Alan Richson. And before he was Hawk in Titans, he was the Aquaman that they tried to make a a, a CW pilot. They made the CW pilot and he was going to be the Aquaman. But that was when he was, I guess, 20, mm-hmm. <laughs> 20 years old. And then they cast him as, well, I, I, I suppose he worked between then. But when they cast him in Titans as Hawk, he did not look anything like that guy from Aquaman trying to be Aquaman. So he, he must have gone on the growth hormone and did the Marvel comics workout and just... <laughs> He's got, yeah, he's on like the rock sort of workout or something. I don't know what he's doing. Exploded in body. And so I got to see him in that because they, they gratuitously gave us plenty of skin when it came to Hawk in that series. All right. Well, I'm sending this to your, to the chat. You go ahead and look at this. Of course, he's from the UK too. Shut up. Look at this man. Is he? Are you saying he's got a southern, he's got an English accent for real? In I real guess life? so. It, it, I mean, in the it's menshealth.com slash UK fitness. So I don't know where he's from. Maybe he's not from. Please tell me he's not also a Brit. Because <laughs> that's just not fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says he's an American actor. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Because the Brits can do english uh, american accent so oh, look well. at this he's from my sort of uh neck of the woods he's a midwesterner he's from north dakota oh that's how they grow him out there and he's three years younger than me god i don't like seeing that well please be me <laughs> <laughs> be my age and then talk about all these men and all these women out here in the unbelievable and being actors and such uh and dancers so loki alan Loki's. Oh, are we talking about Loki? I got distracted. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only sorts of things now that I'm off of my nine thousand people thing, um, I only have two notes for episode three, which is uh, Lamentus. This is when they're on the. Um, this is when they go to the world and the world's ending, and they meet the woman that hits both of them, and that's like that was one of the few like genuinely comedic moments that I really laughed at. Mm-hmm. was you know he tries to act like her dead husband and she's like oh he'd never be that nice to me or whatever oh yeah 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 and blows him away or whatever and i put my first note was jesus there's a lot of hair flipping in this <laughs> <laughs> there's that we already talked about that 
Um, and then it was all of the Sylvie, uh, because if people haven't watched it, Sylvie's the female Loki that he was chasing down in the second episode. Um, it was all of the the conversations between the two of them on the planet. And this is that's where I put, oh my God, I just don't care about this. <laughs> because those two just talking in that in that sequence, anytime they're on that purple planet, I just didn't care at all. Mm. And I don't know what I don't know what I was supposed to get out of that that I didn't get out of that. Is how I'll say it, I guess. Because I just I just didn't I just didn't think it was interesting. So here's where I'm going to I'm going to forward an idea mm-hmm. for your mm-hmm. uh, review. Up till this point, when it's discovered that there's a female Loki, the idea of sexual chemistry and attraction to one another just ran rampant in the fandom of those who already love Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. Right. And the idea that Loki is so self-centered and so um, he's so egotistical that who else will Loki ever feel any kind of attraction for if it isn't going to be a female version of his own self? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So all the talking between him and her was like, like the entire seasons of moonlighting until they got together. Uh, just will oh. they, won't they? When are we going to get to the fact that you guys are going to kiss? All this talking, we know it's just going to lead to you guys falling in love with each other. So let's get to it. And you're just watching the evolution. And I think that's what all that talking, that's what the buy-in was for all that talking for people who were invested in these two as a couple. Hmm. I didn't see it, Alan. I didn't get it. (laughs) I I think it's one of those where I I see what they were trying to do, but it just never really landed for me. Fair. If it didn't land for you, it didn't land for you. Yeah. I did enjoy the the cinematography aspects, Mm -hmm. the the special effects, the the technical work gone into a, a world where it's a moon and the bigger planet behind it is going to hit it and what that might look like. Mm. I, I liked that. I, I bought into that. But um, from the first episode, there was one little detail that still sticks in my craw, that even though it's the time variance authority and all that stuff, and it's outside of time, blah, 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 blah. I really hated the idea that their power is so great that the Infinity Stones are junk. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had mm-hmm. you had like six, seven, eight hours worth of movie incredulity <laughs> about how powerful those Infinity Stones were, and the biggest villain in in Marvel Comics movie history, and the stakes being turned up so high, and the repercussions and all that stuff being in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then for two scenes, you just call it all crap and you throw it in a draw somewhere they like come on y'all that's yeah. disrespectful when casey says you know some guys use them as paperweights about the this infinity was, stones that was dis. now that was disrespectful mm-hmm. <laughs> i thought that was like damn <laughs> just slap everybody in the face you know? <laughs> just all the drama and all the 
tragedy and all the pathos and mm-hmm. and uh, and um, uh, what's his face Lang coming home to see grown up Cassie because he had been gone from the world for five years mm-hmm. and, and the mm-hmm. heartbreaking reuniting and all that stuff. Eh, it's just junk. Just throw mm-hmm. it in the jar. Doesn't mean anything. Paperweight. I'm like, come on, now that's not that's not okay. Yeah. Well, and some of what uh, some of what I we talked about that I liked so much about the first series with one division was we were talking about how it's about stages of grief mm-hmm. and the second series Falcon and the winter soldier is about legacy and responsibility and, and the burden of living up to a title and all of these sorts of things. And in this one, I couldn't, I mean, I, it's about Loki's character trying to be better, but I didn't get like a, I didn't get like an overall theme as much in this series mm-hmm. compared to the other two. And so it definitely didn't get me as emotionally invested as the other ones did. Mm-hmm. But now I did, I, I saw this in a tweet and I could not find the tweet, which breaks my heart. But, <laughs> but your when you mentioned that the, on that planet, it was purple and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. In this tweet, it was described that every episode had a color scheme. And those color schemes uh, corresponded to one of the Infinity Stones, even though even though they threw away the, the meaning of Infinity Stones in the first episode, that they may have possibly and I could not find this supported anywhere. So if this could just could be one person's idea, bless their heart that I liked. Mm hmm. But that every color scheme in each episode corresponded to uh, Infinity Stone, and that would be the theme of the episode. So this purple theme that you pointed out could have been about power in some Mm -hmm. way in the story. Somewhere buried in the story or some theme in the story could have been about power. Hmm. That's the best I got. I can't. Well, that's the facts. Yeah, I do. I do like the idea of that. Uh, I don't know if I love the execution of that. Yeah. Um, I think that that, I think that that's a really interesting way because, um, oh God, what is the, oh, uh, Chandra Rhimes did that for the first season of Grey's Anatomy, I guess, is that every episode had a theme and it was based on whatever character or whatever. It's part of this uh, TV writing masterclass that I'm supposed to be taking that I haven't uh, finished. Don't tell everybody. (laughs) And uh, that's a way for me to get, you know, get myself to do it is if, I ha- is if I have to edit myself uh, saying that. Um, but it's uh, but that's one of the things that, that she talked about was making it whether it's clear to the audience or not, it's clear to the to the writers in the way that mm. they're writing specific characters. Mm-hmm. So I guess I could see that. Um, I don't know. I don't like remember moments from that that would prove that to be the case, though. But I would I like that idea. Anyway, if I um, find it while we're doing this, I'll... yeah. If you find it, oh. let me know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the fourth episode, so almost to the ones that I really wanted to talk about, is uh, the Nexus event. Uh, this is where um, there. It's more of like the the, the world's going to blow up. We don't have time. Uh, we're going to take on um, the powers that be and all of that kind of thing, right? And this is when we have the pruning of both 
Tom Hiddleston's character and Owen Wilson's character. And I'm like, no, 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 that's not, that's, <laughs> that's not going to last. They're not going to do that. Um, and so I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess I get why they had to do it because they had to get them both out of there. Um, but I'm kind of like, okay, well, that's, that's like a thing where it's like, I know that I know that they're not dead. So they couldn't have just got in like a, one of the portals or something and got away. Like they had to be, they had to think that they were dead or something, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. This is what I put. Uh, Ooh, I wish these were doom bots, baby. This is when they, uh, they go meet the timekeepers and they find out that they're robots. And that was one of the questions that I had earlier on knock was head, uh, knock its head off. Yeah. Where they, they bust it and it's a robot instead of a being a being or whatever. And it made me think of the doom bots, uh, all of those sort of fake outs that they used to have all the time. Um, it made, it made me think of this was we were talking about Loki and you said that you don't like following villain characters. What if this was doom? Oh, because I think that I would have the same sort of issues that I have with Loki. It's like the best part about the doom character is having that foil of having Richards and the rest of the fantastic four. If it's just Doom doing Doom stuff, I would be like, I mean, it's great that it's Doctor Doom, but I'm cut like, what is it? What are we doing here? Like, what is, we're taking him out of his element and just having him not do things that are character based, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would be like if um, I don't know. I it, whenever we have these singular villain centric series whether it's this or or um venom which i have successfully avoided (laughs) i just i just don't have any as much interest in them because they're not playing off of how they were introduced and what they're sort of based around and so i I just i just don't sort of ever really know like okay so if you're introducing loki what is loki going up against and you don't like in the in the fifth episode you find out oh it's this thing at the end of time and it's this terrible horrible thing it's like well you couldn't have introduced that in like episode one and then he's got (laughs) five episodes before he finally has to face the thing like you couldn't have like led up to this big moment instead it's like oh yeah this thing's horrible and then in the end of the episode we're like yeah jk it's dead now and you're like (laughs) okay well it's like so you you gave me one episode of build-up instead of multiple episodes got you you know yeah yep 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 (laughs) yep 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 yep. yeah (laughs) so it's possible that by again naming this judge ravana Uh is planting the seed in the first episode that there's a big bad that that they're coming up against and if you felt like it was she was the villain all along or she's going to be the villain because she's just acting bad that that gives you your conflict right there well, I don't even mean that. I mean the big bad being like the cloud monster thing. Alioff. Yeah, which I which that that whole section they're screaming so much I couldn't even make heads or tails of what they were saying or how to pronounce the bad thing. I was you like, I don't you. know what this cloud monster is, but boy, they're pissed at it. Like <laughs> I don't I don't know what it does. At that time, at that time, that's when you turn on the subtitles. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Did you did we did we review the fact that modern day movies and television shows have gotten to the point of um, uh, degradation in their sound editing? Sound mixing is just terrible. Yeah, that a lot of the dialogue is being lost. And um, 
you have to put on subtitles to, to understand some stuff. I was doing it not knowing that it was something that other people were experiencing too until I saw an article on it. Mm. Mm. But so that, I have to turn on the uh, subtitles to understand some of the dialogue at times. Yeah, sometimes I have to do that. I watched a movie that you would never see uh, called The Lodge the other day, which is, a, which is a horror movie. And uh, I did turn it on then because I was like, what are they, what are they even saying? Like, I don't, <laughs> yep. I don't get what they're even trying to get across here. But according to this article, it isn't our fault. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that's good to know. Um, so we sort of danced around it a little bit. Episode five, Journey into Mystery, which is a, a very evocative title for the episode. Yeah. Uh, this is where we get, we're introduced after Loki's been supposedly killed to the different versions of Loki. Uh, this is where we have the uh, sort of original look. This is where we have the kid Loki, which I do remember at some point, maybe that's the Kieran Gillen thing that I remember. Um, and then we get the alligator Loki. Uh, we get an alternate version Loki with like a vote Loki, vote Loki thing on his uh, chest. Oh yeah. And then, President and, Loki. Yeah. President Loki. And then we get another, another guy that said that he uh, had killed Captain America and Iron Man. But I didn't ever really figure out who he was. He was Anybody another Loki. He was another Loki. But he like was black, was he black Loki? Yeah, he was the black. He was black Loki, which I was like, God, why did they have like just the one black guy? They couldn't have had like a couple of minorities. It's just like, <laughs> because then when you're referring to him, it's like, oh yeah, the black guy. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, God. <laughs> Allow me to do that then. I'll I'll do it. <laughs> right. I'll I'll take that bullet <laughs> because I mean on the on the whole the the series does a pretty good job of representation, mm. you know for yeah, a show well, that's Ra- about a, a a white guy. Ravana is um, a black woman. Yeah, Hunter B fifteen is, is a black woman, and mm-hmm. she's a, a little bit of a bigger uh, woman, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice to see that it's not everyone. Everyone's not like a supermodel, right? Thick with two C's, baby. <laughs> uh, I believe Sasha Lane is a minority as well. Um, she's the woman who gets controlled by uh, um, by uh, what's her name? The female Loki. Sylvie. Sylvie. Jeez Louise. Here I clicked on I clicked on she, Sasha Lane to see what else she had done, and then I I lost. She's her. dominated. But here's what I want to. Here's what I want you to do for me. Uh huh. Do it for me, Eric. If no one else, instead of minority. Uh huh. I want you to say person of color. Person of color. Okay. Because minority can... feels to me reductive. Like you're just a little bit of what we are. Mm-hmm. You in the in the scheme of world population, you are less than. Person of that color. might that, that might be my deal. That just might be my old ass <laughs> feeling that way. <laughs> it may never bother anybody else anywhere ever, but for me. <laughs> I, I it feels literal you're a minority mm. you are a little sliver of what we all are well, you're, a, you're a small subset of us alan i did call miss minutes a coin earlier so i'm not <laughs> i'm not afraid of being incorrect about things <laughs> fair <laughs> regardless sasha lane i believe is a person of color as well right on so there we go um so yes, this episode, this is where we get, and he's uh, billed as classic Loki, um, mm-hmm. is what Richard E. Grant is. And, Drawn by Jack Kirby with that long face. Absolutely. And just like the oldest looking dude 
when Jack, <laughs> when Jack Kirby drew him, I was like, how is this guy a threat to anything? This dude looks like he can't, you know, he can't do hardly anything <laughs> looking at him. But anyway, um, so I really, I really enjoyed this episode for the most part. I thought that Richard E. Grant just looked like he was having a ton of fun. Right. Because he was in this like sort of Shakespearean flair flourish kind of stuff. Which is what that character was. All Asgardians have been introduced as mm-hmm. with this as with this Shakespearean Elizabethan English <laughs> being the fact that they were Norse gods. They probably weren't speaking English at all to begin with. But if they're going to speak English, they're going to speak it like an Elizabethan. Mm-hmm. And then the what I thought was not quite as effective was uh, Kid Loki. Ah, uh, yeah, he was kind of just there. Yeah, and I didn't. I thought that that was kind of a missed opportunity, and I don't know if that was just like a time thing or what exactly, because these were, I, I believe the the majority of these episodes were a little bit shorter. Um, they were more in like your regular one hour um, with commercials, an hour long, kind of a like 40, 45 minutes kind of a kind of a runtime. I thought we got robbed. We got um, robbed. Yeah, and so I wonder why that is because it's like you know Disney Plus. It, it the show is as long as it needs to be. Mm. right like it's like you're there shooting it's not like you're going to make up money if you cut something out like it's already been shot so was it also about the the covid it could have been yeah maybe it could have been like they could have also ran out of time because you know they're it's very strict on when child actors can be on set and all that kind of thing Mm. so maybe that was it maybe they were like well you know we're gonna shoot more stuff but we're running out of days so this mm. is all we got for Kid Loki. So this is what we're going to go with, whatever. Mm. Um, so anyway, I didn't think that that was uh, was quite as quite as good. Um, I did I did like how we finally kind of get the two of them, Sylvie and Loki, working together, and we get that big moment fighting the cloud monster thing. Um, the, the thing that I just continued to struggle with, and this I we. Um, Andrew and I did this whole series about my struggles with magic is I just don't, I just don't know the rules. So I just don't have any stakes. Like I don't have any, a stake in the game. Yeah. Like we have the, the big magic thing and Loki and Sylvie are holding hands and they're, they're trying to do the stuff. And then they just kind of like, yep, we did it. And you're like, <laughs> okay. I, and I just like magic. We did it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Great. But I thought that that scene is, is really good because of what Richard E. Grant's character is doing mm-hmm. because he's like kind of scooping from the earth and is really sort of demonstrative with his actions. Mm. I'm like, okay, well he's like really trying his hardest <laughs> is what it came across like. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we get the, the monster thing sort of takes him down and just leaves his hat, which is a, which is a nice little visual. Mm. Um, and so I thought that that, was really interesting and we get the idea of them getting beyond uh time and we're going to you know lift the veil and see you know we're gonna we're gonna check out what uh, the wizard is like and the wizard mm. of oz basically right well you said exactly such a great tie-in so let me let me use what you just said mm-hmm. into what i found because i mm-hmm. did find the, the color scheme you said time with these green hues yeah well, that's the time stone. So here's here's the fan theory. The fan is 
she's it is she loves Marvel on TikTok. So it's she underscore loves underscore Marvel. Let's give her her props. I just got to give her her shout out, right? You do with it what you wish. But her theory <laughs> is that the um, each episode represents a different Infinity Stone. The premiere has a lot of orange tones and shows that Loki has a soul. So the first episode is the Soul Stone. Mm -hmm. Episode two features the color red and shows Loki questioning what's real and who to trust. So it represents the reality stone. Episode three takes place on the purple looking moon, which stands for the purple power stone. And the episode also showcases Loki and Sylvie's powers. Episode four shows yellow tones to, to represent the Mind Stone. And Loki also changes Mobius's mind about the TVA in that episode. Episode five adds more evidence to the theory by showcasing the Time Stone's green hues with all of the Loki variants. Loki also sees himself at different times in his life through the variants. Dun, dun, dun. And the last episode... At the time of the writing of this article that cites this person, this article is written by Bill Bradley on ScreenRant.com. At the time of this writing, the sixth episode hadn't come out. But if the theory holds up, the last episode should represent the space stone and expect blue tones in the, local, in the Loki finale. Now, you and I have seen it, and... Do you remember a blue scheme in the last episode? Well, it seems like when when they were in the elevator or then when they are having their final chat, there's moments where it's blue, but there's moments where it's all of these colors too. Okay, but then the reveal is all about space and the variants mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and the whole um, panorama of all those timelines took place with the background of it being space. That's true. Right. Yeah, so that's true. It's possible that that's what happened. That's it's possible. This, this theory is valid. And that's what the, they were doing with all of their behind the scenes stuff. They were basing each episode on a, on a, a reality. I mean, on a, an infinity stone. I would love to believe that that's true. You can believe it if you wish, because nobody <laughs> said no. So the last episode, episode six for all time, always. Um, this is when we get the he who remains and I put he who remains. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> once we got introduced to Jonathan majors that I had gushed about earlier, this is when he, um, is playing a character where this is one of those, where as soon as he comes on, um, this is the closest that I came to any of the speculation that I had in the WandaVision series mm. to where I'm like, Oh my God, is this going to be. Are they going to say Kang? They do say a conqueror, right? So mm -hmm. they get close. And I'm like, okay, that's that's got to be it. And then I'm like, are they going to say something about like Nathaniel Richards? Are right. they going to say, are they going to bring in the Fantastic Four like via this somehow? Mm -hmm. And so that's when I was Wish. starting to spiral slightly once Jonathan Majors was on screen. Because mm -hmm. of course it was like, wait a minute, are they, they going to have him be Nathaniel Richards? Does that mean that Reed's going to be a black man? What are they going to do here? Possible, possible, possible. And so I'm like, okay, I'm all, you know, I'm all theoried up in this episode. Um, so the only thing that I didn't love about it, 
because I thought that this was the most successful episode of the six. The only thing that I didn't like about it is the scene that I've, that we've sort of talked about is where they just kind of sit and talk for a long time. And it's one of those where it, this is the only one where it really feels like they're just sitting and talking for a long time for this being like your season finale. And you're just kind of sitting there (laughs) and I'm like, okay, well, most of this is interesting. Um, We had already seen the, the time, the whole time trick of the, you know, sign everything that you've ever said in your life thing that happens in the first episode. And then here it's like, he already knows what they're going to say. So it's a little bit of a mirroring of that whole, uh, whole bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's kind of interesting. Um, one of the, the quotes that I really liked was the, about how he uh, was the one who ended the multi multiversal war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, okay, this has to be the, and so I'm writing this, um, this was earlier today. I was like, has to be Kang. Oh, they said the conqueror. Okay. Ah. So, this, and so then I was like, maybe they just don't want to use that name specifically, but it seems like it has to be this character. Mm-hmm. And so, and I put, God damn, do I want this to be somehow related to Reed Richards? <laughs> <laughs> even if it was, even if his actual name was Nathaniel Richards, the Kang in the comic books was named after Nathaniel mm-hmm. Richards. He's not, mm-hmm actually it's not his actual dad it's just named after his dad yeah right he's named after nathaniel richard because actual dad went into the far future and formed a kind of community and he became the savior some word that the savior the liberator or something like that Mm. and the the societies around him um revered him and venerated him and uh, kang was named after him so he could be black and Reed Richards not be black. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. So I do like all of this. Um, I do like how this leaves the series, basically, is that while I don't love how the episode ends, I do like how we get, oh, the multiverses are out of control, which we, it's like, did we get a little bit of that with Wanda or that's, only localized to that one town so it's not spread out with her and then what i know about the spider-man thing i won't comment on because i haven't seen it but i what i know about it is that's a multiverse situation and then of course multiverse of madness uh coming out in two months or so from now Mm-hmm. Well, how much do you want me to tell you about the spider? Oh, you can tell me whatever. I'm not worried about it. I, I, I still only made it like halfway through the second movie. I did not uh, love the second movie, so I turned it off. And okay. so the, the third one I'll get to, but I don't know when I will see. Okay. Well, I can tell you that it was Doctor Strange in the No Way Home movie that introduced the multiverse to Peter. Okay. So it's, it's a direct bridge to Dr. Strange's second movie that there is a multiverse that's already in existence. Okay. <clears throat> and so that's, so that's what, but they're playing around with this idea though. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so that's not related to Dr. Strange and Dormammu. No, not the first movie. No. Okay. But it, it can, if this, if Loki happened within some 
theoretical timeline and the series ends with a branching of all these different realities. And then we have Spider-Man No Way Home mm -hmm. that Doctor Strange is now aware that there's all these different variants, but he doesn't call them variants, just that there's all these different multiverses and he introduces them to Peter, then that's why, because the way this series ended. Okay. Okay, well, so that's that's the sort of thing where it's like I, I like what is coming out of the series because it makes the series like feel quote unquote important. Mm. Um because it you know it has ramifications for later things. Yes. Um so I like that. I do think it is somewhat I, I think it's interesting that this has a season two, but that makes me think that not everything is resolved in the doctor strange movie uh or if they're just going to take the loki thing and do something completely different with him in second in season two then maybe hopefully maybe. right something yeah. give him maybe maybe season two is the formation of the young avengers Ooh, okay there you go instead of a movie it's a series that makes more sense right that makes right? more sense you got to get the so band together get the band together in the in oh i just thought of that the second it came out of my mouth dude <laughs> and i now love it <laughs> well that would be interesting if that's what they are doing in in mm. the second season but did you want did you did you not see i i don't know if yeah how the series ended with loki back in the time variance authority right and so that's when mobius doesn't know who he is Mm -hmm. uh, he thinks he's just an analyst and then he sees uh, he who remains his uh, statue and it's just him and that statue took the place of those of three, the three right okay whatever those aliens were supposed to be that were really just fakes that mm -hmm. was put up as a, a facade to cover up the fact that he who remains created the time variance authority mm -hmm. but that his the replacement of that statue was Kang the Conqueror. Right, because so, the outfit was different, right? Yes. So yeah, even yeah, if yeah. you didn't hear the name Kang, you most definitely saw Kang in those big statues. That was okay. his helmet, stripes on his face, the big fringe yeah, the, the shoulder <laughs> pads. The, the deal right under his neck is what I always... Uh, it's like the purple vertical something uh, mm -hmm. is what it always... is like the first thing that is drawn to my eye, I think. Mm-hmm whatever that deal is on his chest <clears throat> yeah so i did i did see that so i do like that um the only thing that and again i have not seen the latest spider-man movie but the only thing that i don't always love about all of the multiple versions of things is it's like if everything is possible then it feels like nothing means anything I hear you. And, and I, that's the yeah. only sort of thing that I'm like well if you have like four different of these characters, then who cares if one of them dies off as opposed to your one of one? Yeah. But here's, mm -hmm. here's, here's where I'm trying to make peace with that. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, did this even come up in? Yes. Oh my God. This even came up in uh, my profession. Oh my. <laughs> if you, if, if you can't even believe because I, I had this discussion with somebody who was warring over the over the possibility, no, over the perception that if they had all these different choices and all the choices were equal, then no choice makes any difference. 
none, no choice has any value because they all have the same value. And so nothing is special. And it felt arresting. It felt like, what's the use of making a choice at all? Because nothing has any value because they're all valid. I say this to that. Each one of those individual things in themselves, from their own point of view, has value. Mm. Right? If we're outside looking at the choices and thinking, well, you're all you're all a variance of one person, and so nobody is special, that's our point of view from the outside. But if you're one of those variants, bro, it's like fuck that. I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't care how many of me there are uh -huh. i matter like uh -huh. i matter so that's one way to be able to look at it if you want some kind of significance to one of these things it's, it, instead of there just being an infinite amount of these things and so they're all useless or they're all equal each one of those things feel like they are not just one fraction of something they they matter to themselves and so it should matter hmm. so each one of them should matter like instead of the matter instead of it being a hundred percent one person subdivided by infinity so now there's no value to each one it's it's 100 times infinity hmm. so each one is 100 each one is not a fraction of a hundred percent each one is a hundred percent so I like that in a daily existence perspective. Mm. Um, I would love to see how that translates on the screen. Because right. I think that that is something that I think that that is a really big challenge mm -hmm. is to make, like I said, I haven't seen the Spider-Man movie, but to make, oh. to make these, to make them all feel important and unique yes. and special oh bro then see this movie okay. see this movie okay. you have got to see this movie <laughs> you have well, got to see this movie then maybe we'll tag it i mean it's it's mcu adjacent i guess it's uh it's it's i mean it's tom holland is in it so it's uh you know and so is dr strange so oh, okay it's, it's all right MCU. Well, th then we'll do it it's just it's a it'll be like a few months put down. it on the roster buddy <laughs> add, another, add another movie what yes. the hell? What the hell? And Iron Man and Happy Hogan. They're oh. all part of Spider-Man's Spider well, world. Let me tell you, let me ask you about this. So you, you are the notorious uh, no trailer watching fellow. Same. Um, I am he. I showed my kiddo this and I tweeted about this. Um, we watched the trailer to Ms. Marvel. Oh, not me. Not, not me. you. Not you. So I won't no. tell you about it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we watched it. Uh, a friend of a friend worked on it. Ooh. And she was saying like, oh, I can't wait for this to come out and for them to meet uh, um, Kamala Khan and all this sort of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so I show the trailer to my kiddo. And for the listeners who don't know, my kid's half Korean and she sees it and she's like, oh, that looks interesting. I'm really glad that she's not white. Hello. <laughs> and I said, yeah. So, of course, I tweet the person who uh, had wrote it and she's like, yeah, I'm glad she's not white either. 
<laughs> it's or just change. Like, right. And so she's interested in seeing it because it does seem more like a girl high school becomes a superhero type of a story, mm. uh, which is a modern adaptation of maybe something like what Spider-Man was for a lot of people back in the day mm. to where it was your, you, you've got your superhero problems and you got your day-to-day problems. Sounds very much like the, the series in Marvel 616 comic books. Oh yeah. 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 That's what it seems like it is. And, and so I've got those on hold at the library for her to check out. Oh, yeah. It's a good series. Oh, um, and so she's, uh, a lot more interested in that now than she was before, which I think is ultimately I'm obviously making money, but being invested into a character that you didn't know before is mm-hmm. ultimately the goal. I would think. Yeah. So, plus, so she's interested. All, pluses on all those fronts. Yeah. Big, big shout out to G Willow Wilson. Yeah, really? Yeah. She, she, she put her foot all in it. Like that's a good series. It is one of those ones where I, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but so you know how I've been struggling with my getting caught up on things. Mm. And I'm like in the all new, all different era, which is about a decade old. Mm. <laughs> and so I'm reading these books Will and I look it. up, I go to like a Marvel fandom or something, right? And I look up Ms. Marvel and I'm like, good night. There's so many different volumes. Like what in the world is happening with like, which one of these do I do? So it's, it is like a little bit of a barrier to entry to finding even. Um, Start the first like, one. <laughs> Start at the them. beginning, Eric. How is look, this hard? <laughs> my OCD is, is rough enough as it is. <laughs> You should see the spreadsheet that I got going about these different Marvel series and stuff. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so are you challenged by not get going the first one? Well, first I feel volume? like I just, I do feel, <laughs> I do feel like I will probably start at the first one. I don't know which ones it, I think it was just the beginning of the all new, all different era that I have on reserve for her. Um, yeah. But I don't know where, uh, the first one started but it is one of those things where i'm like oh my god there's just so many different series if the if the the all new all different starts with another writer other than g willow wilson then that's too far down okay so g willow wilson goes start with yes okay yes g dot willow wilson gotcha yeah start with her and not only that but you have been reading some of the x-men in in human stuff where Uh the the cloud gets released in the world Mm-hmm. That's when the origin of Ms. Marvel starts. Oh, well, there that, you go. That cloud blows through Jersey City and boom, 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 boom. Mm. Well, and she does say, this is this is not a spoiler, Alan, because of course you know this. No. In the, don't in the... tell me. I don't want to hear anything <laughs> that follows the phrase, this is not a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> all she at says, all no, about made me choke. no i'm taking i'm taking my headphones off my head it's not a spoiler no, i don't want to hear it i do not want to hear it <laughs> okay so anyway <laughs> regardless loki as a series we'll get back to that yes please um, i wished it was more effective i thought it was fine it wasn't a slog for me to get through it wasn't something that i regretted watching or anything like that or felt like oh this was a real big miss it just wasn't for me as emotionally connecting as those first two series. 
Like even as much as you more than me disliked John Walker in the Falcon series. Like I Mm. thought that that was an interesting um, bit of character development with him Mm -hmm. Uh, here. I did. I just didn't feel like there was enough, enough characters for me to care about. Okay. I hear you. And I would honestly, before you even said that at the beginning of, of this, I would have, I would have said, this was my opinion before we even started that this is the, I'm going to rank this the lowest out of all the Marvel series that we've, that I've seen to date. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, it is also, uh, it's also really interesting that this is the one that got renewed. And I don't know if, you know, I don't know if that's behind the scenes stuff to where this has, certain contractual things and you know anthony mackie's only anthony mackie's only doing like a certain amount of uh appearances like a chris evans thing before he's done blah 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 like i don't know what it has to do with Um, yeah i think maybe it's just that the story's not over yeah and they they had to stop at a certain time and they have to finish the story so voila season two there you go there you go well anything else about uh about loki before we uh, wrap this one up. Cash that check, Tom Hiddleston. I am mad at you. <laughs> That's my gonna, last word on it. Yeah, on my last word is you're going to see me cosplaying sooner rather than later. <laughs> yes. Get that lace front. <laughs> I, got, I got to, uh, I got to, you know, do a little bit of work out because he is uh, shirtless. At no, one you point. don't. No, you don't. You don't have to. Just wear all the layers that, that uh, Loki costume wear. Google it. Google Loki cosplay, and you got layers. You got uh, you got chest plates. You got robes. You got shoulder pads. You got the works. You can hide multitudes under that costume. I gotta find myself. Um, I gotta find myself a place where I can get some hair like that, though. Just uh, Amazon, bro. <laughs> Just that's it. Easy. <laughs> it looks like the uh, Ms. Marvel Volume One, No Normal, G Willow Wilson. Mm-hmm. on hold at the library currently i got it get it so get there it. you go that's volume one with her so so anyway so that's so that's that yeah not my favorite series but uh you know a lot of people seem to really enjoy it like my my wife enjoyed it quite a bit she enjoyed it a lot more than i did cool cool cool, so, cool, cool i don't cool. know maybe i'm just being a hater on it for some reason <laughs> anyway you feel, you feel yeah. threatened by tom hiddleston you, that's you, what you it sense, is yeah you sense that he is your physical rival he's my variant is what it is <laughs> you know he's the actor version of me and i'm the script reader version of him mm-hmm. so threatening very mm-hmm. threatening all right so if you have any comments suggestions or movies that you'd like to hear us talk about you can email us at plainlabelpodcast at gmail.com you can follow the show over at twitter we're at plainlabelpod and i'm at eric williams 79 if you wanted to help out the show you could check out our show notes where you'll find the link to our amazon wish list i do want to thank alan mr new mutant for coming on if people wanted to hear more from you get in touch with you or purchase something from you where could they do that you can find me on twitter at new mutant that's it. Just new mutant. No underscores, no numbers next to, no nothing. I'm a new mutant. <laughs> That's right. On the Instagram, you can see samples of the work that is called The Power Principle. And on Instagram, I am new mutant 008. Boo. Not an oh, early adopter eight. there. Not an early Just adopter. Zero eight, not Just 08. Zero zero zero. Zero yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't early enough to get on the, on the Instagram as new mutant. Well, you can't do it all. You got that Twitter one. That's 
that's impressive enough as it is. Yeah, the other day Twitter told me how many years I've been on Twitter, and I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Are you for real? <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, did I want to know that though? I've been on Twitter longer than many people's children's lives. Mm. That is always funny whenever Anna tries to bring something up to me, and I was like, yeah, I knew about that before you were born. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, right. It's like, oh. <laughs> Their world only started when they began speaking. Mm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) nothing existed before that that's right that's exactly right so thank you for listening you can join alan and i next week as we discuss the film we're back to a film we're done with the series for a little bit the film shang chi and the legend of the ten rings